Hi everyone, welcome to episode 6 of the Mental Health Podcast. Today I'm going to be speaking with a good friend of mine, Daniela, and she's been so, so brave, or is about to be, (laughs) really, really brave in just telling me about her past experiences with mental health issues, things that she's been through. She's just going to be really, really open and honest and talk about, you know, her coping mechanisms, how she's turned her life around in the hopes that it's gonna, you know, kind of give some advice to some of you out there and some inspiration, really. So here's Daniela. I'm okay, how are you? Yeah, I'm good, thanks. It's good. We're trying to get this done, get Ella to bed, phone my mum. <laughs> oh yeah, it's a bit like that, isn't it, when you've got little ones? So, everyone, Daniela's got a little one as well, so she understands the stress. <laughs> I, I very much do understand. It's all go, go, go. <laughs> yeah, so, um, Danielle, with today I've, in, I've introduced you. Okay. So we can just get straight into it. So if you want to start with just, you know, kind of saying a bit about yourself, however much you want to share and where your kind of experience with mental health started. Okay, so I'm Daniela, but a lot of people like to call me Danny so that you don't get confused with calling me Danielle because <laughs> I actually really don't like Danielle. <laughs> um so that that's that's I say yeah Danny or Daniela is is fine um I'm a mom and my little one is three in October I'm also a nurse as well I'm currently part-time and I've been part-time since I had my little one um on the side um bit of a social media influencer do youtube and instagram we've got um or we were you we called uk vegan family so we do that on the side um but it's it's been quite a journey for me in regards to my mental health mm. and right now um as far as mental health things are amazing it's it's been a long journey but i'm hoping through my story i might be able to inspire somebody or maybe make somebody you know possibly seek some help if they needed to yeah so I'm currently um with my fiance called Adam and we've been together for about 10 years I think Um, yeah and he has seen me at my lowest and when we first got together um I met him when I was doing my student nurse training And I had actually, about a year previously, uh, left my marriage. So I was married when I was 21. I'd been with him about six years. So he was like my first boyfriend. Mm. I won't say his name because I haven't said his name in a long time and I won't. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I just, I can't. Um, But yeah, we we were married. Um, There was a lot of dark times in this marriage so he was quite controlling anyway um not many people liked him in the family and I think they saw things that potentially I didn't see I was just lovestruck I was young I was naive um I found out probably a couple of 
years into our relationship that I was diabetic. So I was only young. I was a teenager. Um, and at this part of my life, I was heavily into drinking, smoking. I was completely different to who I am now. And I found out I got diabetes and it was a massive blow. It was yeah. a blow mentally. I, I didn't really care, if I'm honest. They gave me these tablets, this medication, and I just kind of shrugged it off. Yeah. Um, and it started to become a real issue. And also alongside that, for some reason, I don't know why, we were also trying to have a family. Um, that was not really my idea at the time. He was older than me, but at first I hadn't really wanted a family, but he was quite pressuring into that. So I I guess, you know, he kind of, you know, I saw where he was coming from and I thought we were happy and that's kind of where we we went. So found out I was having a baby and... I obviously found out I was diabetic, so the two things don't tend to go very well. Yeah. Um, so quite a few, I think it was quite a few weeks later, I found out I'd had, well, I had a miscarriage. It was, I don't really remember what happened because it was such a dark time. Um, it, 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 I kind of can't remember much about it, but I was sort of in and out of hospital. Um, and then I started started I think uh, yeah I, it's, it's just so difficult isn't it talking about these things yeah it's, it's awkward isn't it yeah I, I started um on insulin around about this time and I knew how dangerous insulin could be um and I think there was a few times where I was really down and I thought I'm just going to take more insulin and see what happens I was just in a really dark place, but obviously nothing ever happened, thank goodness. Um, I, th- I went to my doctor and I'd written this extensive letter about how much I hated who I was, how much I hated my body, um, and just how unhappy I was. And they put me on a fair bit of medication, which I think helped for a bit. Yeah. Um, I think things improved for a bit. And then... It was, um, we did have another miscarriage in between all that as well. I think it was over New Year's Eve around that time. I can't remember when it was, but I did then go on to have another miscarriage. And this time I ended up in hospital and it was after we were married. Yeah. And this particular one, um, I found out whilst... I was in hospital that he was actually cheating on me he'd been with another woman so when I was in hospital I was being looked after by a student nurse and she was absolutely fantastic and really inspired me and I kind of made that connection while I was laying in the hospital beds that this marriage isn't going anywhere and I think you know I think I was I would have been about 21 I was 21 when I got married we were only together married for about a year anyway um but I decided that it was it really I had to do something with my life because I was young enough to walk away from what I got myself into and start afresh but during this time I started self-harming myself mm-hmm. um, 
I haven't talked about this for a long time, but I used to cut my skin and I used to do it in places over my body where you wouldn't see, you wouldn't know. Yeah. Um, that's that's quite a nice thing to get that off now because, yeah, that's, <laughs> that's pretty yeah. brutal, really. It's, it's quite a brutal thing to do to yourself. Yeah, um, that's for me that I... I struggle kind of admitting and if I do you know sort of admit it, if it comes in conversation you I do feel a bit strange like you, your heart jumps out your chest a little bit doesn't it yeah I think it just did <laughs> <laughs> I'm, with you. I'm with you yeah it's, it's just really weird um I started getting into that because I was angry I was really angry with where my life had gone um but at the same time I ended my marriage which was really well it was horrible because he was not a nice person anyway and he did try to make things extremely difficult for me um but on the day that I ended it my mom was there to pick me up she helped me move back to my parents I got a dog at the time and and they came and he came with me with some of my stuff and this self-harming just got worse and worse and worse and eventually I told my dad and I showed my dad and it, it was quite a shock. Yeah. I don't know why, but I guess I, I guess I wanted some help. It was yeah. just really bad. And he told me to go to the doctors and I did. And they got me to see uh, some medical professions, but nothing really ever helped. Uh, none of that. I did all the like psychology stuff. I think I did some CBT and it's, it still didn't really work anyway. Um, but basically what happened is, um, through that, I found out I'd been accepted Well, I applied to go and do my nursing because of this student nurse. And I found out that I was accepted as a sort of mature student. Yeah. And I started in the end of August. And when I came to, um, you know, meet the university team, they sort of have to access your medical records. And obviously my letter that I'd sent to that I'd showed my GP was how much I hated myself and all the miscarriages and the self-harm was obviously all on my medical records. So I think they were potentially quite concerned about, you know, how I was going to cope if I got put into a situation where I was dealing with another woman having a miscarriage, maybe. Yeah. Um, but I I said, no, I, I've got through that. This was like this was a second chance at life for me Mm. and I needed to do something with my life and you know help some help others and those particular nurses on that ward who had looked after me were incredible um and I actually still still remember the one nurse and I, I did see her many times even when I was working on the wall on different wards and I did say to her you looked after me once so it was never an issue to me. I just wanted to help people. Yeah. Once they kind of heard my story, they were like, you know, that's fine. So I started my nurse training. I was really busy with doing that. And I met Adam. And Adam kind of took on all my bag baggage because yeah. I'd obviously left my marriage. I wasn't divorced when I met Adam. Um, that was still going on he wasn't really you know going with the idea of a divorce it was very very messy I'd lost my nan as well um 
that Christmas. So everything was just starting to creep up again. Yeah. Um, so what did I start doing again? I started self-harming again. Um, yeah. And this time Adam found out about it. Um, I don't know how he wouldn't have really, but he, he obviously found what I was doing. And obviously straight away he didn't agree with that. Um, I'd started neglecting my diabetes again, so I'd stopped taking medication. I did go through stages of this. Yeah. Um, I think it was more of a denial, but I, I went through stages of just, now. forget it, I don't need that insulin or, you know, forget it. Um, and he really helped me sort of get out of the ground with that, and he kind of supported me. It took me a long time to kind of get over the diabetes. I I had to get a lot of support from medical professionals. And sort of in the end, they actually put me onto an insulin pump. They gave me a lot of support and I kind of got there with the diabetes. Yeah. Um, but the self-harming kind of carried on for a bit longer. Um, and then actually, um, me and Adam, once we'd sort of moved out... Um, we got ourselves settled. We actually lost, well, we had a miscarriage as well. Oh. And this was the one that kind of made me think, right, okay, uh, there's something seriously wrong here. What's happened? Um, it, and it kind of made me deal with everything else that I've been through. Okay. I've lost all these other ones. And now I'm with someone else. It's clearly me. Clearly I'm the problem. And I had a breakdown. I did have quite a mental breakdown. Um, wow, these are really powerful things to talk about, aren't they? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Um, so I had to take some time off work. And we I was off work for some time. I'd actually applied for another job at the time. Um, and they did accept me originally. And then once they saw how much sickness I'd had, they, they didn't take me on. Um, so I actually left. Where, I, I left the NHS completely at that time. Um, and I went into work in private healthcare and just got completely away. There was just too many sort of memories around where I was at the time. Um, but yeah, this, this miscarriage was, was quite a, a hard time. I just stopped. I just completely stopped and just got busy with life, started a new job. We went on our first um, holiday abroad and we went to Mexico and Adam had obviously been planning what he was going to do, but he decided to propose to me in Mexico. So life took a very different turn and things really started to improve. But around about this time, I also found um, running. I found a, a way to release my feelings and my anger in another way that didn't mean I was hurting myself yeah um but I was very very overweight <laughs> at this time so it was I started doing couch to 5k and yeah. I couldn't run at all my legs used to chafe together um but I kind of I went with it and I found that you know over the period of time I started to feel better like I had some type of control in my life yeah um I was still right I've been on and off antidepressants for years anyway I'm not I haven't been on any medication for a, a long time now but this was how it was going at the time yeah um 
I'm going off on a bit of a tangent here, I think. Cause... <laughs> <laughs> uh, what was I saying now? It's it kind of gone. You're finding running was um, was helping you once you'd started to feel the benefits of it. Yes, yeah. So I, I kind of I did that for a bit, got really into exercise and then found that my diabetes at the time was sort of controlled. I was on this insulin pump. I started having lots of difficulties with it because I was obviously maybe doing a bit too much exercise and and maybe having too much insulin I'm not sure so the running kind of died down a bit um and I stopped sort of doing it I I don't even I don't particularly know why I stopped doing it I just I guess life got in the way I was doing um permanent nights as well a lot of the time so it just I, sometimes I would get back from work and I'd go straight out the door and I would run, but gradually it just kind of stopped. Yeah. Um, life just does get in the way, doesn't it, really? Um, but anyway, putting all that aside, um, obviously went on this holiday, we got married, um, and then I started a new job, which is the job I'm in now. And life was pretty good, actually. Pretty, pretty good. And I decided that, you know, I think it was 2000, yes, it was New Year's Eve 2017, that was going to be my year, and we'd stopped thinking about babies or anything like that, we were probably going to have another holiday, probably going to go back to Mexico, and we were going to just really enjoy ourselves, we were young, we still had plenty of time, Yeah. a few months later I found out I was having Jack, <laughs> <laughs> I'd actually brought my myself a car on finance as well, um which looking back now wasn't a great idea because <laughs> I've got this car that I've struggled to afford on maternity leave and part-time hours but nevertheless I do generally believe that that car was a blessing in disguise um because it took my mind off you know the fact that we'd wanted a baby and it was just like I'm going to get myself a car I've got a lovely job and making lots of new friends um I never I never saw a baby coming it just you know it just I didn't think it would happen and when I found out I was pregnant with Jack um life was very different again because all those previous miscarriages and all those fears all came flooding back so that was that was quite difficult because every time I thought about the future that I was pregnant I'm thinking is this even going to last Oh, totally relate. Yeah, it's it's not nice. And actually, I was like that the whole way through my pregnancy, and I yeah. couldn't believe it. Um, it 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 was it was. I tried to enjoy it as much as I could, but I was actually really ill throughout my pregnancy. Um, diabetes, as I said, just doesn't go well with pregnancy. Um, so I, I wasn't I wasn't well. I was sort of in and out having, um nights in hospital to sort of get on top of the diabetes but yeah interesting nine months that was really interesting um I also got diagnosed during that time with I think it was not postpartum but it's before you have your baby with depression again okay um so I was referred I think a lot of it was anxiety related but I was worrying a lot yes um, and they referred me to somebody um, so that 
once I'd had my baby, they would keep an eye on me and make sure everything was okay. Um, because obviously that it's normal for women. There's a lot more women than you think who have postpartum depression. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, so I guess they were putting in the support and they, they kept a real close eye on me throughout my pregnancy anyway. But once I'd actually had Jack, um, apart from the first usual sort of six six weeks of anxiety, oh my goodness, if I leave the house, I'm going to get run over, a bus is going <laughs> to like, you probably know what I'm talking about. Yeah, I think that's like every mom, isn't it, when you first have a baby? Yeah, that, that, that anxiety, I don't think, people talk about that enough anyway it was it was a really difficult time I was so scared I didn't want to go anywhere and also oh my goodness what happens if he starts crying what do I do yeah what what if you you, what if you know you're trying to feed him and you're not feeding him right and people are looking at you going oh she's not feeding her no (laughs) crying what on earth is she doing yeah all those anxieties kind of you know they they do play on you but the health visitor kept saying you know are you okay um are you still enjoying this because for me having jack was it was like a massive wound open wound that was constantly open and closing it was just healed Mm. the minute he was put in my arms it was uh it changed my it changed my life it changed my life oh honestly he's a rainbow baby yeah so um yeah <laughs> he he doesn't realize yet how important he is he's um very special he's very special but yeah just him like he just he almost fixed everything that needed fixing um he was he, he just i didn't put him down for about the first four months he was just in my <laughs> arms all the time I just felt so lucky and and I do feel so lucky to have him. And actually, I think it was about five or six months before I even let Adam even have him. I think it was about 20 minutes while I went and had a blood test. (laughs) (laughs) I just couldn't leave him. Um, But I started, I actually put on quite a fair bit of weight with my pregnancy and I decided I wanted to start running again. And this running basically it's it the running is it it's it's not just a hobby for me it's actually it's a lot deeper than that it helps me to deal with things it helps me focus it motivates me it gives me not a sense of purpose but once I've done it I feel really good and I like a challenge so I started the exercise again I, I wanted Obviously, I put all this weight on, and my figure was a figure was a problem. So my body, the way I looked, that was an issue. I think a lot of mums probably go through that. Mm. It's it's common, I think, around postpartum mums and the fact that your body is suddenly not yours anymore, and you know you you just your figure doesn't matter really, does it? No. So I wanted to do something for me. I wanted to get back. I wanted to get back into running and I wanted to lose some weight. But as I was trying to say, the running, it, it's, it keeps me in tip top. It keeps, it helps my mental health. So if I feel like I'm struggling or if I'm upset by something, I want to go for a run. 
I don't necessarily know how to relax. My form of relaxation is Danielle is going to go for a run. (laughs) I do. Um, And it was probably... I used to do like short runs, so it might be a 5K once I kind of got back into it. And then Adam started looking after Jack um, a bit more when he was obviously getting older. So I started going out and doing longer runs. Yeah. Which kind of became an addictive, an addiction really, I guess. Because previously to having Jack, I'd been a drinker. Um, I used to be a binge drinker when I used to go out and I used to smoke quite a lot as well. And then obviously I'd had these mental health issues with the self-harming. Um, and, and I haven't thought about these things at all until really today. Yeah. That is in my past and I'm not ashamed of it. Everything that has happened to me has helped me where I am today. And although my marriage was a really dark time of my life, if it wasn't for him and what had happened and the miscarriage, I would never have gone to the hospital. I would never have met that student nurse. I would never be a nurse and I might not have met Adam. Yeah. So in some ways, I think things happen for a reason. Yeah. And that's what I try to tell myself. But I think... As far as the self-harm goes, that was a release. That's how I thought I had to deal with my anger. I don't know why. I'm not even sure why I got into that, but it just happened. And I guess once I'd done it, I think when I used to do it, I was that angry. I did that. It just, I didn't feel angry anymore. Yeah, you're taking it out on something, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. But I haven't done that for years. And the scars, and you can't really see them anymore. And I'm proud of that. It, it, it was a dark, dark time. And I'm really glad that I found something to, to help me get through that. Yeah. But, I mean, do you feel that it's, um, it's, all, it's almost as if, you know, say you're drinking and yourself harm. It's like that was a, you know, a bad coping mechanism, and you've kind of swapped that for running and looking after your son. Yeah, it's like you swapped one addiction for another. Yeah. So the the drinking was just. I mean, I was I was quite a party animal back then as well. <laughs> <laughs> so it was kind of, um, you know, I'm a new qualified nurse. I'm going out. I'm having a lot of fun. Um, I made lots of nice friends and we'd go out on Saturday nights and it was the glamming up having a nice time and I just didn't yeah. put my house first really um but as the, the 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 mental health I think a lot of my issues have been surrounding my mar- my marriage my, my breakdown the miscarriages and my my own health really and sort of today if we look we look back on today obviously I'm really healthy um I'm actually no longer on any medication and I haven't been on medication for two I don't actually know how long but it's probably a couple of years now yeah um and I'm running regular half marathons and I think everybody has some days you know where something might upset you 
Um, but generally, I have to say my mental health is probably at its best it's ever been. And I try to support other people now who might not be feeling so great. Yeah. I, I know what that's like. I've been there. Yeah, I think. And I, I always want to listen, and I want people to know that I'm there for them if they need me. Yeah, because I get it. Absolutely. I think if you know, you've been at those really really dark points. You just, I think you spot that in other people, don't you? And you don't want yes. them to feel it. And because you know that you've gotten out of it, you know it's possible. Yeah. Absolutely. So what kind of, you know, advice would you give to someone that's maybe, you know, going through the things that you've gone through? And how how did you, you know, find your running? And, you know, what what advice just generally could you give to people? So I think if you are going through similar things firstly you need to accept that you know you're, you're not doing anything wrong you're not you're not hurting anybody else potentially although it is very upsetting for everybody else mm. um but you need to you need to sort of admit that you do have a, a problem and you do need to seek some help and it is okay to get help because what I believe mental health can be is that sometimes it's just your hormones have been just explaining it sort of simple, simple terms. Your hormones have just been shifted about a little bit. And sometimes when we put people on medication, so when we go on medication, um, I remember from when I was doing it, it's not always straight away that, things are sorted but the medication can help within about six weeks and they obviously you know support you and they they will keep an eye on you and you're sort of with your doctor anyway they'll you know sort of decide if you need to go up or down but I think the first thing would be to talk to somebody yeah so like I did I told my dad and it was almost like somebody else knows I need to get some help. If you have got somebody, I mean, I'm very lucky with Adam. He's very supportive. You need somebody around you who isn't going to judge you because a lot of people get judged with this subject and they think you're actually just wanting to seek attention. It was never about attention. I didn't want people to know about it. I actually wanted people to not know about it, but I needed to deal with my own shit (laughs) um and that's how I did it so first things first you need to talk to somebody talk to somebody that you trust who isn't going to judge you and then even if you do it together you go and get some help you go to your GP you go to a GP that you a doctor that you trust or a nurse that you trust yeah and get some help and get some support support is the way to get through it I think a lot of people, if they've got potentially an addictive personality, they might turn to something else. Um, I don't, you know, that might not necessarily be running it. It could be something else that's addictive. I can't really think of an example. But um, for me, I found running or, or did running find me? I'm not sure, but I absolutely thrive on it. It's something that has really helped me. I'm in tip top shape. You know, I said I'm running 
half marathons a couple of times a month at least and I know that you know I, I can do a lot more I think just admitting to yourself that it's not a failure to ask for help is is really important as well yeah. I think because some sometimes people criticize people for mental health and it's it's nothing to be ashamed of it is an important part of our health our mental health is really important and I think if more people started realizing that you know people get medicated for you know diabetes different different types of conditions well mental health is just a separate thing and we treat mental health as well I think there's such a stigma around it isn't there yeah it's mental health I don't know the reason for it but it is still so much there isn't it yeah it is but it is but we're not alone no you know i if i know as i've said before if i know somebody's struggling they're not alone and my phone is always there if they want to message me at any time even if i'm asleep as soon as i wake up i would message back (laughs) yeah i try anyway (laughs) in between parenting and and all that yeah if you you can find the spare time (laughs) yeah definitely but no but i think i definitely think you know even people say talk about it talk about it but it is true even just saying it even if you don't get immediate you know practical support it's it just does help getting it off your chest you just feel like yeah you're you're a bit lighter you know you've handed it to someone else haven't you i tell you what i did do which i've just remembered and i i I, I guess it did help actually i can't even think why i've not mentioned it but i used to have this book and I don't know who it was who told me, but every time I used to have this intense anger, I would write in this book. Yeah. And I would usually write what I've just done to my skin yeah. in this book. Um, but look, I mean, I, I think I destroyed this book. I think I read it and was that upset by how I'd been that I think I destroyed it. <laughs> I burnt it. <laughs> But there was some really angry stuff in there. (laughs) And it just goes to show that sometimes if you haven't got the right support, you're not in a good place. Yeah. So having people around you who you trust can really make a difference. But writing your feelings down is a good way to go. Yeah, I I agree. Because it's almost the same as telling someone, isn't it? You're kind of putting it out there. Yeah, like a dear diary. This is how I felt today and date it. And then you can look back and if you're like me and go, oh my goodness, that's got to go. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I was shocked Yeah, that that's, you know, about what I, I read. I mean, I don't even remember reading some of these things and looking back at that person now, it's a complete difference to who I am today. I mean, I don't drink. <laughs> if I drink, I might have... Um, like a vegan prosecco with some orange juice <laughs> at Christmas. That is it. That that's me. Yeah. Or I might have a strawberry and lime copperberg, maybe. Like if I was on holiday, like camping or something. Yeah. But I don't drink and I definitely don't smoke. And I'm quite the opposite now. I really don't like smoking. Which is coming from a girl who used to smoke 30, 40 a day at one point. So. It's so crazy hearing this because I obviously know you as like <laughs> the vegan the runner like I just can't imagine you any of yeah this girl's got a history and <laughs> some of it is some of it's a bit wild and some of it's a bit 
sad, but yeah, that person is long gone now. Yeah. Definitely. You should be so proud of that. That's an absolutely amazing story, what you've got. Thank you. And just thank you so, so much for coming and telling it. I know that it's it's been a bit emotional. <laughs> I, do, I do feel a bit strange now. Like, yeah. I do feel like emotional yeah it's such a relief it is and you I mean I've put a lot of this stuff just in a box away tucked away with a key that probably wasn't thrown away yet (laughs) (laughs) but like we've just got it out there and it does feel it does feel slightly slightly weird but slightly good exactly people will listen relate a bit and hopefully hopefully it will help someone at least life isn't isn't always bad you know there is light at the end of the tunnel and definitely remember that we only get one life and there is always people around us who who do love us and do think the world of us and that's what we need to focus on yeah definitely well thank you so much babe for coming on thank you so much for having me and I hope that what I've said tonight might potentially help somebody as well yeah I'm sure it will you've been amazing Thank you so much. Speak to you soon. You will. Bye. Bye. So that was my friend Danny. I hope that that was helpful to some of you. Um, I definitely think that a coping mechanism can be looked upon as an addiction. You know, if you have an addiction, then that's your coping mechanism, isn't it? If you think of all different addictions, alcohol, food, self-harm, drugs, you know, if you're feeling like that's a compulsion, like you have to do it, you're finding it really difficult to resist it, that's an addiction, that's a coping mechanism. I suppose that's what an addiction is, isn't it? I'm like sort of having an epiphany right now (laughs) as to what that is. You know, you use it as a distraction. Um you know, that kind of temporarily avoids stress. I think if this sounds familiar to you, then I would say just start observing where and how you spend your time. So if you think that maybe, you know, you're eating too much food, you could start logging, you know, how much food am I eating? When am I eating? What are the triggers? What's just happened before I go into that cupboard and eat a whole massive block of galaxy? What are the things that you turn to when you're stressed or uncomfortable? You know, is there an addictive kind of habit sort of pattern to it? Is it controlling your life? Is it sort of getting in the way of your normal life? Is it subconscious? You know, if you then know that you have an addiction or a coping mechanism, then I think one thing that my therapist taught me, which I think is important to note, um, some advice she gave to me was that any kind of negative feelings or thoughts that you have towards yourself or any wanting to harm yourself, turn it into something beautiful. You know, she told me when I wanted to pick my feet or my hands, so I have this really bad skin picking disorder. I really, I hurt the bottoms of my feet. I still do it sometimes if I get anxious, but it used to be really bad. And she would say, get a pen, like a Sharpie, any kind of colors that you can find and start drawing pretty pictures on them instead. So instead of picking, just draw a pretty picture. If you feel sad or heartbroken, you know, write a poem or a song, you know, don't harm yourself or get angry. Actually produce something 
beautiful instead from your emotions and touching upon what Daniela said exercise you know running releases anger I've definitely found that you know I was never into exercise only over the past couple of months I've started getting into running and I definitely think that you know if I've had a bad day and I go out and I run it just feels amazing like I ran in the rain as well and I just felt like it was this spiritual like cleansing it was really weird that's like for a whole another thing but <laughs> I definitely think that's good and you feel good afterwards you know if you're unfit you're not going to feel great exercising but afterwards you feel so good about yourself you have positive thoughts about yourself I've just done this look what I've just done even though I've had a shit day meditation mindfulness you know do those sorts of things like yoga they bring out self-reflection and you know help you become more in tune with your body help manage stress and tension and you know positive reframing as well always see a positive out of a situation okay my car stopped working and I have to take it to the garage but the positive is what's the positive here oh well it means I can walk to work and it's a lovely sunny day and I can be in nature for 10 minutes you know trying to switch up those negatives for the positives um try and have humor you know watch funny tv shows laugh with your friends and family have a laugh about your problems as well you know kind of see the funny side of things address problems and solve them you know write down what your problem is what can i do to to solve this is worrying actually going to do anything about it what are the practical bullet points that i can do to help this thing and danny said as well about journaling that is really good i found that really helps me you know writing just is such a great way to express yourself get your feelings out there no one's going to see it no one's going to hear it but you know it just helps you get it out I think as well another thing that I've thought of is giving back you know maybe go and volunteer somewhere in you know a homeless shelter or a hospital because you feel like when you're doing something like that that you're there's a purpose to you like you're doing something good in the world be kind to others be an amazing daughter amazing sister an amazing friend and ask for support, you know, get rid of those coping mechanisms with support and swap them for healthy ones. So yeah, that's it from me. Hope you um, enjoyed the waffling at the end. <laughs> Hope it helps. Um, yeah, I'm just gonna leave it here. Thank you and I'll see you next week. <laughs>